Welcome to Pride Against Prejudice, a Shadowrun 4th edition actual play podcast. I am Simon. I play Bertha Huggins, aka Huggy Bear. I'm Al, or Draenor. I'm playing Mav or Maverick. My name is Les, and I will be playing Murin. My name is Jack. I'm going to be playing Poiger. Hello, I'm Michael, and I'll be playing Sunshine. And my name is Rydian. I am the GM. If you would like any bonus content, a link to our living campaign map can be found in the show notes, along with a link to our Discord where you can get occasional bonus episodes, and if you'd like to add locations to the map or just ask us questions, you're welcome to join us there. If you stick about for a few seconds at the end of the episode, we also have a question for you as well. Following content may contain themes and materials not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We've also got another Nova Hot Data Packet of Shadowrun content pay data for you this week as well, Chummer. It's the An Absolute Drexstorm podcast. This one is my current listening, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where Karma takes his poor runners for walkies on their Draco Foundation leashes. Why there, Chummers. Have you ever wanted to steal an egg? And not just any egg, a magic dragon egg. And not just any magic dragon egg, but one locked away under super high security, where you'll probably die and then be magically revived and forced to work for the very corp that killed you. Hi. No? Oh, well, too bad. Welcome to an absolute wreck storm. A Shadowrun 5th edition podcast where I constantly put my players in bad situations and they find the most difficult way to solve them, typically involving lots of murder and death. But they don't need to worry about dying because of the Draco Knight in their body, which seems to be reviving them and totally isn't doing bad stuff that is slowly turning them into drakes and causing them to lose all control of their instinct and kill all their friends. So come on down and join Group H, a ragtag group of shadow runners whose moral compass doesn't exist, just trying to survive Seattle while being hunted down by a mysterious dragon and being bossed around by the Draco Foundation. We have poison, we got AIs, we have Santa Claus, we have betrayal, a lot of burnt edge, zero brain cells, and milk. So come on down to any podcast listening app and search for an absolute direct storm. Well, well, we wait for you. Now that we've found out what Mav and Huggy got up to, we get to see a little bit of what a shaman does when they have some free time that isn't being interrupted by a punk kid with a shotgun. And Mav introduces Huggy to Marty. Tiger! You've had a couple of days since you got home. You did have to spend a day or two in bed resting up after getting shot in the chest by that goddamn punk kid. Rick, the homeless guy from your building, he did come by as you invited him over before that all happened. He was actually pretty nice about it when he realised you'd had some trouble with the local gangers. Turns out he's not bad at first aid and helped to patch you up a little bit in exchange for you sharing your soy chicken thing, I think it was. Microprotein chicken thing. Boyger's allergic to soy, so most of the stuff in his house is either fungus-based, frill-based, or if he's feeling bougie, like the actual real thing. If and when he can get out of it. Yeah, when he was patching you up, you did get him to wash his hands three times and dip them in rubbing alcohol first, just to be on the safe side. He did try to drink the rubbing alcohol. Ah, yeah, yeah, he did. Look, we all have our problems. 
But yeah, it's been a couple of days since all of that went down. Sixth World Synth Skin comes in a rattle can. My god, that stuff's good. You would say that you'd hope the man who invented it made enough money to drown someone in, but you know for a fact he worked for SK and he probably got fired six months later. So what are you doing with your free time? I need to go and get materials to set up a lodge because I need a lodge to learn magic in and bind spirits in and it's just generally a useful thing to have. So okay. I'm going to walk the four or five blocks it takes to go see my talismonger and while I'm on the way there, I'm going to ring Mav. What's Mav's ringtone like? Is it something absolutely obnoxious or is it just the stock one? Even that I'm off duty, it probably actually rings. If I'm on duty, it definitely just pops up in the AR window. Yeah, it's probably something obnoxiously... Being me, pop rock. <laughs> Kill. Yeah, I can see that. I'm now imagining something a little bit Andrew WK. <laughs> I was not imagining something more like uh, Britney Spears or something like that. <laughs> like, oh god, you're listening to that. Okay, it's not bad, but Jesus, it's old! Hello, Tiger. I didn't wait, did I? No, not at all. What's up? I had a bit of a question about our visitor in the basement of that community centre. Yes? You seem to know quite a bit about police procedures. I'm not going to ask you why, you'd have told us if you wanted us to know. I just wanted to pick your brain about something. Do. The magician that they sent after us was powerful. She was on a magical scale of 1 to 10. She was a solid 6. Is the scout mage usually that strong? Do they send stronger magicians just to scout? Would they not send someone... You know, like a newbie or... Pop mages are often some of the best. First responders aren't picked for newness, they're picked for being the mage on duty at the time. Mm. Being a first responder, being astral, they can respond to three different cases just like that, so it's not unusual that they were powerful. So I just wanted to confirm that. I think it bears... Did we mention to the twins that a cop mage was able to find that secret tunnel underground almost immediately? I mean, I know it's plainly obvious, but... Once you start looking from the astral, it's not particularly well hidden, was it? I mean, your spirits got in easily enough. I told them where to look. From an astral perspective, the Earth is a near impermeable barrier. It will actually try and hold on to you if you try and go through it. So unless you know exactly where you're going, it's very easy to get stuck. How much Earth is there between a building's ground floor and basement, though? Not a lot, usually. This was a hidden basement. To give you a bit of context, walking through walls is, like, a newly built wall in an average apartment is uncomfortable. Six feet of earth, I would consider that a near impassable barrier unless you want to risk being grabbed and held onto. Hmm. So that mage was either well prepared or... And I didn't see anyone down there when I was in the main room looking around on the asphalt, so it's... I mean, shock horror, the police are in bed with human supremacists. Mav, could I get a police procedures roll? Certainly. Is this arguably patrol division knowledge? 
No, this isn't patrol. A single hit. From what you know, it's not unusual for them to turn up, but for them to turn up that quick was... Suspect. A bit unusual. The fact that they turned up, uh, it suggests that an alarm was tripped or a call was made, something like that. And also curious that the mage who just so happened to be first responder was the one that knew where that bunker was and one that was going to take the side of our charming former friends. I mean, we were the criminals, that's... So were they? Not in that instance. They were just chilling in a basement. Yeah, I'm probably a bit too paranoid for my own good. Possibly. Never mind, thank you for clearing that up, Matt. Anytime. Are you feeling a bit better for a good night's sleep? Oh yes. Yeah, I'll let you get back to it. Catch you later, Tiger. I have cows mongers to bully. Good luck. Can you actually roll me a little memory check there, Mav? Sure. You remember your old mentor, Gander, uh, saying that things are better than they were, but generally there's some people in police forces like that for people like you and Gander, your old mentor, it's best to just avoid them. And you're just thinking to yourself, uh, really? Frag's sake. Yep. I mean, frag's sake is basically Mav's attitude to everything, <laughs> especially the cops. So, Toiga, are you going to see your talismanger, Pion? Pion, yeah. So, in Greek mythology, Pion was a medical deity associated with peonies. Every part of the peony plant is deadly poisonous. And he was a god of medicine, so I thought, ah, good name for a dodgy talismanger. We're going to say it's in... Travis Chelsea, but it's getting to like getting towards Bull's Head area. So it's an area that's if you've got aspirations, you might cheekily say, "Oh yeah, I live near Bull's Head." What's the area like? Paint us a picture. It's still not like the A rate, double A rated Bull's Head area, but it's getting towards the nicer end. Like the bins are usually empty. There's more like little independent cafes rather than chain places, and the chain places are of like finer quality. The people tend to be quite well-dressed, and they're using this year's versions of the personal comm devices. Generally well-dressed. It's an area with aspirations. You wouldn't say that you live in Travis Chelsea if you're from there. You'd say, oh, I live near Bull's Head. However, the police still do their foot patrols in full-body armour with assault rifles loaded with full metal jacket. Yeah, they're not... they're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're not unarmed. They're not suicidally stupid. They're not that kind of stupid. What's the shop itself like? The shop itself is a tacky talismonger shop from a very bad trid written by someone who's never even seen an awakened person in the first person. <clears throat> There's weird incense hanging outside, the windows are all weirdly dark, there appears to be a stuffed alligator hanging in the window for some reason. Um, the door creaks open and makes an ominous noise when you approach, but it's rigged up to a sensor, so it's working technologically. So every time someone walks past on the opposite street, like the, the weird creepy creaking will happen, which appears to be coming from a speaker even. When you first went there, you did have a few moments of, where did he get an alligator from? Oh, never mind, never mind. Florida. <laughs> 
Where would you get an alligator from? No, it's New York. They live in the sewers, man. Everybody knows that. If you want actual meat from Gorgas, that's what they sell. The local alligator. When you open the door, the stuffed alligator next to it. And you trip the servo motors with the door and it opens its mouth and there's a noise. It seems the speaker needs replacing again. Yeah, if it gets to replace the dry ice machine inside the alligator so it doesn't spit smoke like it used to. Um, the weirdest thing about this place for a talismonger's shop and for the area in general is there are no spirits anywhere. If you open your eyes to the astral, they actively avoid the shop. Like they won't even go into the same street. One time, Toyga tried bringing a bound spirit with him, and it went mental when he went near the shop. Like it wouldn't go near it. It was very reluctant to do so. This is a talismongery that, well, it looks like a talismongery does on the trids to people that know nothing about magic. But if you a sense in there. Uh, once you get over that initial moment of, oh, oh, God, so bright, there's so much going on in here. <clears throat> there is some good stuff among the Drek, but a lot of it's like healing crystals and stuff like that. One or two of them actually are magical crystals, but a lot of the stuff in here is just cheap Drek. A lot of it's just astrally dead plastic. It's a remarkably good cover for a talismongery. Many of them do look like magical tat shops, but if you're a semi-legitimate talismongery and you have weird magical people turning up, it's good if half of them are know-nothing um, normals. Behind the counter, you see a bald dude who, he looks kind of Nordic with some facial tattoos. Like, he's got some lines tattooed on that suggest, uh, you're not sure if it's a circuit diagram or runes up his forehead. And he's had two lines tattooed down vertically through his eyes as well. He also looks kind of skinny, like he's underfed. Uh, he's definitely what anybody from a Nordic country would refer to as a Norwegian or a Swiabu. He's currently looking at something in an AR feed and doesn't really look up as you come in. Hey, on your alligator needs its batteries replaced again, and it's not belching smoke anymore. Was that an accident the first time, or is it actually meant to do that? Oh yeah. He reaches under the counter, pulls out a dry ice canister, goes over to the alligator, opens a hatch in what happens to be its ass, and reaches in up to his elbow. You can see he's unscrewing a canister, he takes it out, puts the new one in, closes up the alligator, and says to you, I'll need to get a decker to look at the speaker. I know Drek all about that. What are you after, Toyga? I've got a little shopping list for you. I was wondering if you can manage to get everything that's on here, and he just hands him like a little folded up bit of paper. You know that thing where somebody reaches out really slowly and then just snatches whatever it is out of your hand? Yeah, he does that and walks back to the counter looking it over. He's lighting up a half-smoked hand-rolled cigarette as he does, and he's going, yep, yep, the frag is that, pointing to the third one down. The Ruga caviar. It's a type of caviar, which is eggs from a specific kind of fish. I forget which one. Oh. I know what caviar is. Alright, cool. Sturgeons, that was it. Alright. These spirits go nuts for the stuff. Mm. The ones I summon, anyway. <laughs> Alright. Maybe. Yeah, I can get that. I've got that in stock. Concrete from the Berlin Wall. 
Really? Do you know how hard it is to get that drag? I do, but I also know how resourceful you are. <sighs> Alright. I know what you've survived, remember? Can we not talk about that? If you like. I don't like, I require. I did have a little bribe I was going to offer regarding it, but if you'd rather avoid the topic... What have you got? I'm going to be having a word with herself after I set up the lodge. I was wondering of asking if maybe a certain person was ready to forgive you yet? He puts his cigarette down on the edge of the ashtray and he's looking at you and he's got this look in his eye that you can only really describe as hungry. And he says, what do you need? I need you to get everything on that list for 1300 new yen and not a penny more. Okay, could you roll me a negotiation? One hit. He looks at you quietly for a few seconds and says, Look, I can't get it for that. I can... If you wanted concrete from the Berlin Wall and this fish egg drag, that would normally push it up. But if I'm getting it for you for, say, 1500, I'm doing you... I'm doing you a solid here, man. Yeah, very well. I suppose I didn't really know what I was asking for. Berlin Wall falling down. Eh, it's made some Earth Elemental very happy. Look, if you're having a conversation with her, if you're, if you're doing what you can, yeah, all right. I'd normally charge you more for that, but if you're doing that, fair enough. The feathers, come with me. I've got them in stock. He takes you around the shop and... You know the old boxes that you would use for typesetting at an old-fashioned printer's? Yeah. He's got shitloads of those out on countertops and as drawers just all around the shop. They're not really labelled, though. So he's going through them and he's sorting through stuff and just has a moment of, nope, nope. Ooh, no, that's uh, glass from the Night of Rage. That's for Chaos Magicians. We don't want that. This looks like a mummified human infant, and it smells like a mummified human infant. It's a chimp. Makes it slightly better. I'll just put that back where I found it. Please do. That's worth a few new yen. Here we go. Feathers from a Thunderbird. I mean, it's usually... These are a bugger to get out here on the East Coast. But then again, there isn't much call. It's mainly the Amarin guys that use them. Air spirits love them. I mean, I believe it, but I don't get much call for them out here. So is there anything else you're after? Not really. Uh... Well, the other drek, it's going to take me... It's going to take me about a week, but I can get it for you. The skull, that's going to cause you no bother whatsoever? What kind of scale? Remind me, what's it from? Oh, oh it's uh, the skull from a tiger or a big cat of some sort. I just put big cat. Did I misspell big cat? I sort of grabbed the list back off and like, oh yeah, I did somehow manage to misspell two, three-letter words. There you go, super. I've got uh, a puma's a kind of big cat. That will do perfectly. Let me... Hang on, let me go on the Matrix. Let me find out. I don't... Are puma's big cats? Uh... So, Pion has a dig around in a couple of drawers and he pulls out a skull and... <laughs> blows a bit of dust off it and says, It's mountain lion, all right. It's kind of a big cat they roar so i'm going to take it from him and the sensor to see if it's suitable so give me an a sensing roll three hit 
So this thing is... Yeah, it's a decent reagent. It's not perfect, but it'll do. This will do. It died of old age in a zoo that wasn't suitable for it, but it will do. I have no fragging idea how it died, man. I got given it by some little old lady two years ago. I sensed it, I told her it was Drek, and I got a good price on it. By the way, do you need the mandible off it? What are you going to do with the lower jaw of a mountain lion? I mean, the teeth, man. The blunt teeth full of cavities, you mean? I mean, they're still decent reagents. I mean, hey, if you need the mandible, you need the mandible, but it doesn't hurt to ask. You can have the mandible. Alright, cool. Thanks. I'm just gonna, like, pop the humor skull under my arm. It's like it's face poking out. He looks at you for a couple of minutes, shrugs, and goes back to the desk. And you can see he's punching a few things into AR, his hands moving like he's on a calculator. And while he's doing this, he's relit the dog end of his cigarette that... Oh, God, just roll a new one, man. And he looks away from his AR and says to you, mm. All right, that'll be 1500 He puts out a cred stick reader for you, and you can see that there's a little 1500 uh, spinning above it in AR. I'm just going to pop my cred stick in and wire it to him. The ARO above it gives a green tick and goes, ding and starts giving this little Mitsuhama jingle and just goes, thank you for using Mitsuhama Financial Services. And Pion's just kind of slapping it, going, I thought I unwired that goddamn speaker. Maybe when you get the rigger in to look after your crocodile, you can get to look after the payment system because I can hear that jingle and I have a feeling I'm going to be hearing it on my deathbed. I hear it in my fragging sleep. Anyway, is there anything else, Toyga? I'm surprised you've got the bollocks to go to sleep considering what you did. Nothing for now. I'll see you in a week's time. Alright. Bye. Bye. Pion's just giving you a death glare as you leave. You head back to your place, and after about a week, the lodge materials turn up. In that intervening week, you're... you're getting some weird dreams. After the first one, you wake up and go, Oh, it's that kind of dream. Okay. Okay, we're doing this, are we? Apparently we're doing this. You keep seeing... Remind me, was Toyga at the march? The Meta-Humanity Pride Parade when the bomb went off, or was he elsewhere? He was down the road a little bit, so he never actually... He heard the explosion, but he assumed oh, it was a car backfiring, or it's some sort of fireworks has really gone wrong. It's only when he heard people screaming that he realised oh shit, something's happened, and he cut and run. So you keep having those sorts of dreams where it's stuff you've actually seen mixed together with stuff that happened on the trade and stuff you've actually experienced just kind of mashed together. And you keep seeing the explosion. You saw the big pillar of smoke in the distance, and that's when you realise, oh, frag, what the frag is going on? But they've got... The dreams have just got that sense, and you're waking up each morning going, What? What is it? You can tell me you know. You used to speak to me. Think of how much we got done when you started speaking to me. This is what you get for choosing Cat as your patron. If you wanted clear messages. I didn't choose Cat. Cat chose me. Cat chose you. Of course Cat chose you. <laughs> I walked into that one. 
She walked into Toyga's astral living room and went, This, this is mine now, and pissed on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and Toyga said, Yes, Your Majesty, of course, Your Majesty. I am your monkey butler. I am the opposable thumb tin opener. <laughs> so yeah, every time you have the dream, and you have it like two or three times, there's a tiny little ginger house cat that's just watching you. Even as people run, you think, oh, that cat is going to get booted at any moment by somebody who doesn't see it and accidentally kicks it. That is going to go flying. But it just sits there. And the people kind of go around it, and it's just calmly watching you. And see you. And I do know that I'm dreaming. When you get into the alley, you can see the cats on top of a dumpster. And it seems to be sifting through a bin bag. It's just kind of clawing at it and pulling things out and just casually discarding them onto the floor below the dumpster. I'm going to go after it. Not after her. When you get into the alley, you can see the cats on top of a dumpster, and it seems to be sifting through a bin bag. It's just kind of clawing at it and pulling things out and just casually discarding them onto the floor below the dumpster. What things are they? Is it stuff that's meant to be in a dumpster, or is it...? It's just trash. It's like empty food wrappers, there's a couple of batteries. It's just ordinary trash. Have you got a point to make, Your Grace, or is this just nonsense? The little ginger house cat just sits down and starts licking one of its paws and rubbing behind its ear whilst it watches you. Is this the bit where I turn around and this is just a cat and you're actually behind me? Because if it is, you're losing your touch. Do you turn around? Yes. It's an empty alley. Eh, maybe I'm losing my touch. How close to the dumpster were you? I was standing next to her. I was within petting distance of the cat. When you turn around again, there's a woman with a cat's head sat on the dumpster, and she just reaches out and puts her finger on the tip of your nose after you turn around. And the cat's face... Cat's face, you think it smiles? Cat's faces aren't really built for smiling. There's a lot of teeth, so this could be I'm going to eat you or <laughs> tricked you. The bearing of teeth in most mammals is considered a threat. Um, I dreamt of this city for months. I was here a week and this happened. Why? She looks you over and she's wearing a red leather jacket over a black dress. And she's just kind of swinging her legs off the dumpster that way that bored kids do. And she says to you... Oh, but if I told you, that would be no fun. I understand that. I've solved every riddle you ever sent me. I figured out what Pion did. I figured out who his, who his totem was. Every test you've set, I've passed. Oh, I think I deserve a freebie. She hisses at you and says, Was. My apologies. Was. Better. I'm here not a week, and one of the worst terrorist attacks in living memory occurs. And less than a week later, a very, very powerful magician attacks me. You wouldn't have anything to do with that, would you? Mice do what mice do. Some of them run. Sometimes they get caught. I am not a mouse, and I have not been for some time. And you haven't been caught. Mm. I'm not going to get a straight answer out of you, am I? 
she it they smiles and says I told you there's no fun in that there's secrets within secrets in this place there's well everyone everything here has its own agenda some of them might seem to work against each other but actually work for the same thing i'm interested to see which one you are i'd have thought that by now you realize my agenda is survival she hops down from the dumpster and walks around you and just at that point you're tracking her with your head and just at that point where you have to turn your head around to the other side to be able to properly still track her the woman with the cat's head is gone and there's this large tiger that's rubbing itself up against you banging its head into your hip like a house cat into your calf and kind of scratching its ear up against you and you still hear her voice in your head saying you'll find the answer you'll be the first one to know when i do my lady at that point the tiger as it comes around your front rears up and slams you into the opposite wall of the alley and you get the sense that it's not aggressive there's no claws and the head just butts itself up against you rubbing against you and you just hear in your mind good boy before you wake up and find yourself back in your bed in your crappy apartment surrounded by the admittedly very nice art pieces that you've managed to collect so i'm going to wake up i'm going to go over to the painting of durga on the wall riding on a tiger and just like put a little incense cone underneath and light it and say unhelpful as ever a week passes and you're getting more dreams like this whenever you ask cat for a straight answer she just walks off and flicks her tail at you in a told you no done that bored now disgusted sort of way but if you play the game with her you get little hints snippets roll me a logic plus intuition or hits so you get the sense that she knows there's something going on and that she wants you to be involved in it somehow you also get the sense that what happened with the bombing she doesn't actually care about very much to her it's just mice so on the one hand she's been exceptionally benevolent and she has sent me into a city full of mice on the other hand, I'm not stupid and do not for one second think that Cat is nice. <laughs> and she wants something from one of these mice. She is going to crap outside the litter box and stare at you until you clean it up. <laughs> I think Cat can be very loving, she can be very sweet, she can be very generous. But she is, at the end of the day, a cat. She will sit there, look you in the eye, and push your prized vase off the living room table. <laughs> And it will be no one's fault for your, but your own for leaving the vase where she could get to it. When you go back to your talismongery, you see Pion again. And he actually looks up at you as he come in and says to you, What did she say? You said you would, you know, mention the thing with her. Why would I talk about the thing to Mrs. Kibyota? She's not even awakened. None of our kids are even awakened and there's hundreds of them. 
Frag you, slot face. You know what I'm talking about. If you're going to talk to me like that, fine. I'll just go elsewhere and take my answers with me. Fine. I've got your dreck. That concrete came in this morning. It's about the size of an old quarter, but it's concrete from the Berlin Wall. I could see it coming down the street, closed. I mean, uh, yeah, I've had to put that behind a ward because it was giving me a fragging migraine. I can just about still do them. At least she didn't take that from me. Are you going to pretend for one minute like you didn't have it coming a mile away? That you didn't know what the consequences would be? I didn't say that. I said it was giving me a migraine, and I'm glad I'm not having a migraine anymore. Oh, I just heal mine away. Uh, let me have a look at it. I'll check it up to snuff. He reaches under the counter, brings up a small wooden box, and as he opens it, it seems to be lead-lined, and he says, Look, I'll take the ward down, but can we make this quick before I put it back up, please? Oh, of course. Cool. And when you take it away, I'll make it so the ward dissipates in about half an hour, just, just once it's away from the shop. The guy I got it off said it was from Checkpoint Charlie. Normally... I wouldn't believe that fragger, but could I get an A-sense? Three hits. This thing, it's a small object, but it's giving off a lot of weird vibes. There's a mix of fear, confusion, and pain, but it's overlaid with this huge strata of boredom from all of the guards that sat next to this on shift, bored out of their minds. But there's also, it's also layered with joy and destruction over the top of that. It's kind of confusing, actually, to A-sense this thing. And after a few minutes of you looking at it, Pions says, Can I please put that ward back up now? There is just too much coming off this thing. It, it's making me feel unwell. Feel the foot of the old man old man that broke when a bit of the wall fell on it. Yeah, put the wall back up. This is good stuff. Oh, thank you. He sits with his hands over it for a few minutes with his eyes shut. And then you see him lean forwards and swallow a couple of times like he's trying not to puke. And you can hear him mutter under his breath, Oh, that is not as fragging easy as it used to be. Oh, frag. Ooh. All right, the fish eggs you wanted they're in the oh they're in the fridge are you look toiger are you sure you want the fish eggs man they're gonna go off these spirits seem to like them better once they're off i think it's a mix of the way folk go absolutely crazy over the eggs the way you're supposed to eat the eggs the way you're not supposed to eat the eggs so you've got all that emotional baggage on it plus the fear and desperation of a mother animal trying to continue the next generation and failing it's Oh, it's like catnip to them. They go mad. Oh, all right, all right. I'll go get it out of the fridge for you. And he disappears for a few moments into the back. When he comes back out, he's got a Tupperware box under his arm, and he's also munching on, like, half a sausage, probably left over from breakfast or something. And he hands you the box, reaches under the counter, and he pulls out another bag, and there's a few other bits and pieces in it. And he says to you... Look, if you want to check it's all there, Toyga, you're welcome to. I am going to check it's all there, and I'm going to check he's not diffed me, because that's a very high on thing to do. Yeah, it is all there. Roll me a judge intentions, please. Do it. 
Yeah, with two hits, you're getting the sense that after the last time he tried that and what happened, he ain't stupid. Glad you learned your lesson. <laughs> Can you please take that fragging concrete out of my shop? Okay. Do you want to hear what she said, or...? Go on. She hissed and tried to bite my hand off, and I mentioned your name. Figures. Look, just get that fragging concrete, the frag out of my shop. Will do. Bye, Pion. Bye-bye. Don't act cute with me. <laughs> As you're leaving, he, he's starting to roll up a fresh cigarette. I'm going to go home and set up my lodge. Cool. So what does Toyga's lodge look like? Is it just in a corner of his living room or his bedroom or somewhere like that? It's the whole flat. Um, so he's just gonna, there's going to be a cleared space. It's like a studio flat. And there's a cleared space in the middle that he's drawn. It sort of looks like the sun almost. It's just drawn in chalk on the ground. At the end nearest like the door, he's put a little bit of concrete. At the end nearest the window, he's got the skull facing outwards. The fet like some of the rays of the sun are set up as the are set up with the feathers. Um, and he's just sort of sitting in the middle of it, like quietly meditating. Yeah, he's trying to basically he's trying to draw a cat into the place. The easiest way to draw a cat into the place is not to want a cat there. Buy a packet of Dreamies. I did buy a packet of Dreamies. They were very expensive. They came out of a fish. Cats go mental for caviar. You do get a couple of the neighbourhood strays coming by, and you could swear the little black one climbed to the side of the building. I leave the window open so they can come and go as they wish. When you stick your head out of the window, you realise that that cat lives in the just abject rat's nest of cabling and pipes and aircon units that are just stuck haphazardly all up your building. You're wondering if that cat has ever actually been to ground level, but now you do know why there's not that many pigeons on the building. The cat gets pets. He gets little speckles behind the ears. He gets told that he's a clever kitty. You do get bitten. He's small, but he's a fighty little bastard. Toyga's gone and done some magical juju and bought some magical juju off an asshole. Huggy, what was it that you were wanting to do? So it's uh, me and Mav were going to go over the camera feeds from my drones and his smart link and basically have a good long chat about, the, about ballistics and uh, guns, bullets. You know, people who deal with machine guns shit. Alright, is this... Penetration power, all that sort of stuff. Is this at the point in time Toyga has gone around as well, or has Toyga gone around on a separate day? Um... This I was imagining as they were meeting up at... Um, either at Huggy's place or at uh, Gorga's. And just throwing up a, a, a million different... Um, AR feeds and, you know, sitting over chatting about it. Okay, so Gorgas hasn't actually come up in the game since we started recording, so what is this place? Can you describe it for me? Gorgas Ribs and Gin is a trog bar in Fresh Kilvorens. It's just slightly south of, uh, slightly east of where Huggy's garage is. If you sort of take a dive bar and then take a greasy spoon, and then you take the bastard offspring of these two that they both abandoned in the middle of this drag hole that is wild uh, fresh kills. Then you have Gorgas. Do they actually serve gin or is it just synthahol? They serve, well, 
they serve what they call gin, which is what they make in the basement. Ah, is it uh, double distilled in a radiator? That sort of thing, yes. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> It'll put hairs on your chest. No one has gone blind yet. <laughs> but we are, there is a long time term betting pool on when it will happen. Fair. They also serve Sinsa Hall and that sort of, you know, the, the standard stuff. But if you're wanting to just get utterly wasted, then you go and you get a jug of the stuff that they brew in the basement and knock that back until you can't sink anymore. Yeah, the only botanicals this stuff has seen is the green pond scum that's in the local river. <laughs> Hudson. The nice thing is, is that you take the water and then you add some of the last batch in it to disinfect it and then you have water that's clean enough to use for brewing. Oh no. So you're meeting up there and you're both... Uh, well, one of you's an orc. Admittedly a relatively small orc, but still an orc. I was going to say, one of us is one, the other is a troll. Admittedly a fairly small troll, but... <laughs> Are you just hanging out in the main bar area i'm imagining it's like basic tables and benches down the main way with booths around the edges similar to how what huggy's place is like this is just a rectangular room with a concrete roof or a synthcrete roof and you know maybe a window at the one end at one point in time but we don't really nobody really knows whether or not that window was really a window it certainly doesn't let any win uh, light in anymore. Uh, yeah, it's been right. up m -m 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 years ago. Yeah, so Huggy has certainly never seen light come through that window. There's also a boarded up window at the front where somebody went through that window somewhat recently and they had to completely rebuild the window, which they have done with, you know, plywood or the local equivalent. Corrugated iron and various bits and bobs they've dragged out of the river. Are there any back rooms that you're meeting in, or are you just sitting in the main bar area for this? They have a couple of back rooms, but they, are, they, have, so they have the basement where they do the brewing and they store the actual product as well. I'm imagining the corridor down to the brewing stills has a sign above it that says, No smoking. No, really, no smoking. <laughs> no smoking, really no smoking. Remember what happened to the last guy. <laughs> Anyway, so they have a couple of, they have another room which is separated into little booths with just, you know, simple sort of corrugated, you know, corrugated steel or, you know, random scrap builders walls between them. So there's two roughly identical concrete rooms. One that is split into booths and one that is just tables. And we've got a booth in the second room. So I'm imagining this place as it's a little bit classic orc in the sense of a certain IP that gets a little bit litigation happy where the orcs go wah. That is not that is a completely um, a, a stereotypical and and I can't quite hear what you're saying. They're screaming back there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So you found yourselves a booth. Are you bothering with white noise generator or anything like that? Or are you just going, meh, I don't care? We're just talking. I mean, I will be trying to make sure that nobody is watching the feeds that we're sharing. But beyond that, I'm not really doing anything because I don't want people to be able to identify what we are both looking at. But well, I don't a... really care. 
a shared AR window, so we're the only ones who can see it unless someone hacks one of us. But I'll be taking extra care to make sure that nobody's trying to sort of snoop in on what we're, what we're looking at, but what we're saying, it shouldn't matter much if they hear it. And to be honest, with the noise that's around anywhere, a white noise generator is going to be somewhat, you know, superfluous. Cool. So what are you chatting about? Well, it's Mav is doing some scientific analysis on, well, as Huggy said, all of the feeds from all of Huggy's drones and from Mav's smart gun. We are both looking at how we approach the situation. So, you know, in the one we've got a corridor, you know, we're going into this corridor, so, you know, what does uh, what does what does a bullet trajectory is like? How how much did we when we missed? Why did we miss? You know, looking at things like that. So you're doing an after action report essentially. Yeah. Which, given Mab's background, yeah, makes sense. Okay, it's mostly there because she just you know it's fun talking with Maz and Maz likes talking about this, so it's fun. All right. Is there anything else that the two of you are doing? I am going to ask Mav to introduce me to his gun dealer again, because I need to pick up some more bullets. Uh, so I'm running a bit low on uh, product, if you will, and I need to meet that guy, you know, the weird gym guy who you buy bullets off of? I do know the weird gym guy I buy bullets off. Will he mind if I turn up on my own, or do you need to turn up with me? I'll check in with him. Mav pulls up his text messaging app and sends a message to Marty saying got a friend probably looking to make some bulk purchase of quotes supplements shall I send them over or do you want me to make the introduction myself tell him I need both iron and gel you get a text back saying bring them around I like in-person introductions to begin with lose the quote marks yes Marty you just don't get any reply to that. Yeah, he wants me to make an introduction in person. Do you want to go now? Sure. I mean, now's as good a time as any. Where is Marty's gym? On the waterfront somewhere in Great Kills. You eventually get down there, granny driving notwithstanding. Can she not turn on Grid Guide? Really? If you can't drive, Grid Guide exists. And it does take you a while to get parked up as well, because uh, it's summer, it's a relatively nice day, and there's the marina. This is the nice part of this bit of town. It's starting to get gentrified, like it's creeping in from Eltingville nearby. A lot of the posh people from there keep their boats down this way, but there's... Well, there used to be fishermen here. <laughs> yeah, fishing right outside New York Harbor. Good fragging luck. You might catch something, or might something might catch you. You might catch something. It's maybe treatable with antibiotics. Back up in Fresh Kills Warrens and Travis Chelsea, people go fishing all the time in the canals around there. It's mainly for condoms and shopping trolleys, but they go fishing. Hey, you can you can turn a shopping trolley into a lot of different things. Yeah, there's a lot of metal in that thing. Yeah, I mean, magnet fishing around there. Ooh. Ah, it's an it's a excellent way to get something to shore up your walls in the winter. Marty's got quite a nice gym. Uh, it's got big glass windows, and you can see all the gym machinery inside. Pretty much everyone in there is either ripped or has a lot of cyberware. Uh, there's quite a few guys in there who have some 
mysterious chrome. This is the Strength 5 Plus gym. I feel like I'm a little bit out of place here. You and me both. So remind us, what does Huggy look like and what's she wearing at the moment? Huggy is about 7 foot. She weighs about 700 pounds. I wouldn't go so far as to say that she's obese. She's not even strictly fat. She's overweight. She, she gets enough exercise that she's not uncomfortable. She's... chubby. Yeah. She's obviously not particularly fit. And obviously doesn't particularly care about what she looks like. I seem to remember it wasn't a Hello Kitty t-shirt, but it was something similar, though. She's wearing a anime convention t-shirt. With an anime version of her on it. Could I get a perception check, please? This is olfactory-based, so smell-based. Right. That's a two. As you walk in the door, in fact, before you even open the door... <laughs> yep, that's Guy. Oof, that's swe sweaty Guy. Ugh, that's freshly sweating Guy. It's, um... Ugh, it's musky. It's not the worst smell in the world. It's certainly better than that time that Lurtzog was experimenting with the pepper punch grenades. Oh Christ, we don't... So, you know what happens when you combine a pepper punch grenade and those stink bomb grenades? When you literally glue one of them to the other, and then you put them inside one of those walking toy things and throw them at a gang. Christ, I couldn't smell for a week. Seriously, it, it, it blew my sinuses out and I could not smell anything for weeks. It was fucking rank. Lurtzog's plan was to have a little army of them climb up the side of the building into the gang's hideout. But they can never get the climbing software to work properly. Yeah, that was both a shame and a good thing because they they stopped practicing with them. It was the point where one of them just fell off the building and landed at your feet. Oh god. We don't talk about that. Oh Christ, I was in the shower for like almost a solid day after that. I've, my water bill doubled. You pay a water bill? I pay a guy to make sure that the water is still running. Eh, fair. And by pay, I mean I make sure that the gang next to control the area doesn't break his fingers too often. When you walk in, about 90% of the people in here, it's actually a fairly large gym, a guy's. But there's a woman behind the receptionist counter who's an elf. And even by the standards of this gym, looks absolutely fucking ripped. Wearing a pair of exercise shorts, sports bar and trainers and she looks you up and down and just doesn't say anything but then she sees Mav coming in, does a double take and says Oh, you're here for the special program Don't say it like that Hazel Yes we are She does the eye flick at Huggy and then back to you You're clearly not on any other program Hazel is mean. Right, look, I get I get it. Harsh. Hazel. Yeah, Hazel's bitchy. I mean, hot, but, like, each personality counts as well. Hazel, in South we have the saying, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Didn't Marty ever teach you that? No, he taught me to lift. I'll drop him a comm. He's expecting us. Clearly. 
Look, when you have a place like this that actually uh, caters to someone like me, then I'll start coming. She goes into AR for a few moments, and she has that out-of-space vague look while she is. Comes back and says, Yeah, he'll be through a minute. If you're wanting to use any of the machines whilst you're eating, I think that's fine. There's some, like, running machines over that way. Well... Do you have any vest that doesn't have any fucking mirrors? There's one around that side that faces out onto the harbour. Well, there's our vast places to look. I'll give a go and run onto the treadmill for a little bit. Could I get a perception check off both of you? This is hearing based. So that's a three hits from me? And three hits from me. As you're walking away saying, well, there's worse places to be looking, you just hear the Hazel mutter under her breath, yeah, I could be looking at you. Yeah, Hazel's kind of a bitch. So, do you go and make use of the running machine, or are you waiting? Nah, I will actually go and use the running machine. It's been a while since I, you know, did any exercise properly, so I might as well. Alright, give me a body plus willpower check. That's four hits. Yeah, you're actually doing pretty well. It's that thing of, Huggy's chubby. She doesn't look fit, but she's got endurance. Yeah, she's got she 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 has the the she has cardio. It's like have you ever seen an old builder who's in his fifties or something and he's got the beer gut and he looks kind of flabby, but he'll just pick up twenty-five kilo bags of sand like they're nothing. What strength is Mav, just by the way? Huggy is stronger than you. He's a troll and I'm an orc. <laughs> But yeah, Huggy's strength's five. <laughs> she's not weak, she's just not fit. After a while, one of the biggest trolls that you've seen in a while comes out. He's about eight foot nine and almost as broad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there is not a part of this man's body that you couldn't bounce a penny off. <laughs> Even by the standards of this gym, he is absolutely ripped. And he comes out and sees Mav and he goes, Mav! And just gives him a hug and give me a body roll, please. <laughs> a hit. Yeah, take three stun as he just oh. envelops you in this hug and just crushes you. Ow, Marty. Hello. Good to see you. It's good to see you too, little man, and I've got your order that has come in at last. Oh, fantastic. We have the special supplements, and uh, you were bringing somebody with you. Okay. Okay, stops running on the treadmill and turns around, sort of shaking herself off a little bit, grabs her hoodie that she took off before she got on, pulls it back onto herself. By now, you've got, like, the sweat down your back and stuff, and you see Marcy just do a double take for a second and then go... Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you. And hold out a hand. Nice to meet you too. His name's Huggy. The pleasure's all mine. Huggy, was it? Yeah. Sorry, that was very, very, very. No, that's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Mav tells me uh, that you're also interested in the special plan. Is that right? Yes, I'm interested in the, the um, supplement program. It seems that I... I've been letting myself go a little bit recently. Well, um, aside from the supplement plan, I'm sure that I could assist you with that if you would be happy. Marty, 
Marty just takes half a step back and stands on your foot, Mav. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marty, this guy's very charming. I like him. <sighs> You're getting the sense that Marty is putting just enough weight onto your foot to threaten that he could really put weight onto your foot. <laughs> I'm not going to quick draw the taser and stun him off my foot, but I could. Right, so uh, we'll take you to the uh, other exercise room, shall we? Yes, I'm a little, feeling a little bit out of place here. I quite understand. You come with me. And he leads you through. Uh, he's taking off a lanyard that's got some mag key passes on it. And he swipes one of them on the cleaning cupboard and goes inside the cleaning cupboard and says, It's going to be a bit crowded with, uh, well, two trolls and an orc. I mean, you're a bit wee for an orc there, Mav, but we'll manage. It should be fine. And he kind of reaches over the top of you two and manages to pull the door shut and then pulls out another maglock pass key, swipes it into the other door. Welcome to the Emporium. He takes you inside and it's about three times the size of the cleaning cupboard. There's a lot of guns and ammo in here. He shuts the door behind you and if you do any matrix checks, you'll realize that he's actually gone to a bit of effort with this place. There's a Faraday cage under the wallpaper and in the door, stuff like that. He's taken a bit of effort to make sure that this doesn't get found. Like what you've done with the place. Thank you very much. Uh, what was it you were after? Um, I believe it was... Standard on gel, nothing special. Oh, we've got plenty of that. What caliber are you looking for? LMG or assault rifle, if you've got it. Belt or mag? I'll take uh, take it by the um, magazine. Or the box, if you have it. I need about 500, 500 rounds of each. I'm sure we can accommodate that. Um, but it's going to take a few mo minutes to get it put into the packaging. We've been getting a lot more of those dreckheads from NYPD Inc. wandering around with the gentrification and all of that. The rest of that going on. They ruin perfectly good areas. He starts taking out boxes of ammo and just pouring them into the whey protein tubs. Mav, you know that this is just how Marty does things. It's the same brand as they sell out for him. And he presents you with several plastic bags full of these big old whey protein jars that are just full of bullets. He actually has to triple bag them so it doesn't tear through. And as he's handing you the last jar, he says to you, So... Are you looking to be making any more purchases of uh, supplements in the next few weeks or months? More than likely, yes. Well, uh... He pulls up an AR window that you can both see in your augmented reality and pings it over to you, Huggy, and says... If you are needing any other supplements, or actually anything else, please don't hesitate to give me a ring. Will do. You know, I have been meaning to actually start exercising somewhat, so... Well, uh, I did do a little bit of personal training on the side. Not sure I can afford that. I might be able to work something out for you. Well, we can discuss that. I would like that. After you two leave, getting a dirty look from Hazel on your way out. I don't flip Hazel off. I do a very... I, I, I'm very controlled about that. <laughs> Mav, could you roll me a judge intentions here? I think that's the most appropriate. I don't even think I need to roll that. <laughs> oh, but Mav does. <laughs> Al doesn't. Mav does. <laughs> it. 
Yeah, that's enough. Hazel's not happy about Huggy hanging out with Marty. Why am I... Oh, stun damage. That's why I'm taking a penalty. Screw you, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what Hazel's been wanting to do. <laughs> you get the sense of she's giving Huggy dirty looks because... Damn it! <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can now take Marty as... I'm going to say loyalty to Huggy. Yeah. Because he fancies you. Hey, I mean, he's not too bad. Mav, what's your loyalty with Marty? Two. I'm going to say that because you brought Huggy by, you can take an extra point of loyalty. <laughs> he just seems like a really nice guy, and he gives me bullets for just things that I use, so, you know. And also, Huggy hasn't had action in fucking ages, so... Mav is considering sending rude messages to Hazel. <laughs> also... It seems that Hazel is pissed off about this, and things that piss off that bitch. I'm not going to complain. I've met her twice, well, once now, and I already hate her, so... <laughs> Something that I forgot, I've forgotten to mention in a while is that Huggy still has the horn, the nail in her horn. She's curled it into... to look more like a piercing. So she's just taken a, 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 wrench, a wrench to it, so it curls around now. But she still has a heart to, to nail in her horn. That is extremely badass of Huggy. It's like, oh, that's a cool piercing. Where did that come from? I was in an explosion. It came from a nail bomb. <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us and listening to the Pride Against Prejudice podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you again in two weeks' time for our next episode. In the meantime, what rude text would you send to Hazel if you were Mav? Let us know on our Discord. Intro is More Human Than Human by Carl Casey, and the background music is also by Carl Casey. Outro music is Neon Thrills by Luck Hash, and all sound effects are credited in the show notes. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Pride Against Prejudice podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any other proprietary material for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Pride Against Prejudice podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in this podcast remain the property of their respective owners. The Pride Against Prejudice podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. So if you want to use any part of the show, please give us the credit. See you next time, chummers.